From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, Wednesday, 21st of February, Anno Domini 2024. What a crazy week it's been so far, and it's only Wednesday. Yes, it's Wednesday. Uh, TNT is obviously really focusing in this week on the Assange trial that's happening live in London. Uh, it's due to kick off again very shortly. Uh, we will have people on the ground. We will have David Curtin. We will have Abby Roberts. We will have Sonia Poulton. Mike Rann is in London as well, uh, uh, all the way over from uh, the Gold Coast. He's overseeing the business that's happening there at the moment. Uh, so uh, welcome to the UK again to Mike Ryan and also other people are making this all happen on the ground and of course behind the scenes here in our studios in the Gold Coast in Australia. So a little bit of programming shake up this week as I'm sure you've probably seen. Although it's nice, it's nice to change the routine up a little bit and uh, yeah. Uh, the seven to nine slot for me has been interesting for the last two mornings and hopefully uh, maybe a few people uh, have got listening to our content that wouldn't have otherwise done so. The same thing uh, when people tune in for Sonia and Abby later on, uh, they, they maybe wouldn't be on as late as that in the morning. So it's nice to get a little bit of exposure to different TNT presenters and hosts because there's so many good people uh, working for us at the moment. So obviously keep tuned for that. Tomorrow I think I'm back on the normal schedule. I'll be uh, 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock tomorrow. On Friday, I think I'm back to the 7 to 9 again, but I'll let you know about that tomorrow and any uh, updates and programming changes. And of course, uh, if you missed the update on Natalie, she will be back again, fingers crossed, with us on Monday morning. Business will resume as normal with Natalie and I on Open Line uh, next Monday. So, a uh, lot going on, a lot to play for this week. Feels very uh, important, to be honest. I was saying to Darren and all the time I've been here in TNT, this seems to be the most uh, crucial period that I've spent at the station. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of this, to be able to cover this and to be able to uh, tell the truth about what's happening, uh, especially with regards to the business in London at the minute. We've got a website, tntradio.live. Uh, you'll be able to check out everything that's going on there. You'll be able to see our what's on calendar. You'll be able to see our uh, scheduling, who's doing what at what time, who our presenters are, who our hosts are. And of course, you can leave thoughts and feedback and suggestions. If you have a guest that you maybe like to see on uh, somebody's show, please feel free to pop us a message and we will do our level best uh, to get that person on. And you can listen back to any missed episodes, maybe a favorite presenter, a favorite guest, you missed them. You can listen back through our website, tntradio.live, where you can check out Spotify, Apple Music, all the major streaming platforms. We have a full back catalog there of all our uh, audio broadcasts and, of course, our visual broadcast because we're always upping the game here. And if you can, uh, we have a great merchandise section on the website. You can uh, invest in some TNT merch and become a walking billboard for us. And of course, if you feel like it, if you feel led to do so, uh, you can boost our coffers. The war effort, which is continually ongoing here, uh, make a small donation to help the war effort on TNT radio. So please consider all of the above and all of the above and all of the above. Got to take a brief pause now. I'm going to welcome Jim back into the fray again. I tell you what, in and out of the foxhole, she goes all day long, and she still comes back from where she's got the scars to prove it, metaphorically speaking, of course, but she's good at what she does. So we're going to speak to her in just a minute. TNT. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh my goodness, so much uh, going on at the minute. Gemma, been an absolute whirlwind uh, this week. I don't know about you, but you know, you've been doing journalism forever, uh, for a very, very long time. And you know, your uh, previous career now obviously here uh, with TNT as well. You've seen a lot of stuff going on. I'm newer to the game, but I do feel this week, uh, something in the air this week, Gemma, something vital about what we're actually doing this week, more so than any other time that I've been on air over the last two years in the context of what TNT has been doing. You've been here since the start. Uh, you were, you know, the first ever presenters and commentators brought on board to, to, to start the good ship TNT. 
sailing. So you you you've seen the whole kind of development of uh, of where we are in terms of press freedom, the development of the of the new media that we are. We certainly are um, unregulated, uncensored. You know, we we don't all uh, agree on the station. Far from it, but we agree to disagree respectfully and politely. We don't demonize each other for having different opinions, and we hope that that filters out with our very switched on audience. So you're more ideally placed than me in the context of how TNT is developed, but in the context of what's happening this week and in just you know just a few hours time the american lawyers will be taking to the, the the stand if you want to call it that it's not a trial but they'll be giving their their kind of their version of events at the royal courts of justice on julian assange and at tnt like yesterday will be broadcasting live for hours several hours with guests from all over the world uh, bringing context and much needed coverage to that story which the mainstream seems determined to keep its own slant on it wants to keep its oh he's, he leaked official secrets he leaked official secrets there is so much more to that story than the mainstream is letting on but here at tnt we're giving the real version so yeah yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's vitally important this week, vitally important for press freedom. I I heard, uh, I, I unfortunately, was subjected to a clip last night uh, as I'm doing the rounds, you know, scanning for new angles and new stories and this and this clip came up with a fellow uh, Northern Ireland citizen, Eamon Holmes, who I believe is currently uh, playing his trade with GB News. Eamon Holmes, who sounds, he's talking more and more like, you remember the Godfather, you know, Marlon Brando, he had to put two balls of cotton wool in his Make you disrespecting the family? That's what Eamon Holmes is like now when he talks uh, live on TV and he's had plastic surgery, his face is like this. But anyway, uh, aside from all of that, uh, he was moaning yesterday, Gemma, and I, I cringed with embarrassment. And they had three hacks on discussing this case and do you know what he said one of the hacks said you know apparently if julian assange is extradited it could cause his mental health to deteriorate as if it hasn't already deteriorated and caused him to be a shell of his former self and you know what Eamon Holmes said in reply to that he says i wish this whole thing would just be over and done with he says because quite frankly his mental health is suffering as a result of hearing about nothing but Julian Assange over the last two days. Can you believe the audacity of that balloon, Eamon Holmes? And how the hell is he still managing to uh, eke out a trade in journalism? Surely that ship must go down for him too. He sucks. He sucks. Well, that's what you get, Rick, when you go and watch the mainstream. Just in case you needed reminding, you know, in case you had any doubts that, you know, is there a kind of global battle for mm. the for the human mind and spirit and soul? Yes, there is. Because when you hear something about that, take away the kind of, all right, there has been more coverage in the in the mainstream over the last few days of Assange, thank goodness, because they were steadfastly ignoring the build-up to it. But just take away the fact of journalism and if he's a, he's a so-called commentator, presenter, whatever. What about the humanity of that statement? The humanity of the statement of like someone who's been banged up in Belmarsh uh, and previous to that was in isolated confinement in the Ecuadorian embassy. Do you not think it wouldn't have had an effect on his mental health? You know, the lack of compassion, the sneeringness, the sneering condescension, which we saw from 2020 onwards of anyone who was challenging any official globalist or government state narrative, sneering condescension from the mainstream. And here we have a man who it's been, his lawyer has said he's likely to take his own life. He didn't take the stand yesterday. I keep saying take the stand. It's not a trial. He didn't appear to give evidence himself, even though the judges said he could, because his health, mental and physical, is too too weak. He's too vulnerable. So he didn't appear in court. His own appeal uh, hearing, um, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, have some compassion, Eamon. But he's, he represents the mainstream attitude, I think, to anyone who has dared to stand up against the, the machine, the globalist machine. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what the good thing is but uh, my mother-in-law god bless her and she's listening in at the minute uh, vivian god bless you uh, she has her foot one foot uh, in the in the gp news camp she still likes to tune into a few people on there too but she's an avid uh, tnt listener now as well she tunes in my mother-in-law uh, she tunes in all the shows in the morning now too and uh thinks it's great loves tnt to bits uh, so she's slowly uh, gravitating away from the bbc through gp news to us, uh, her colours are very much nailed to the TNT mast as well. So I want to give a little shout out to her this morning, Vivian. Uh, great to see you uh, the other day. She got called down to the house and uh, great to have your support as well. And we've got people from all ages listening in. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what she is, but yeah, she knows what time it is now and better late than never. But anyway, uh, that aside, that endorsement aside, uh, you've got another story for us uh, as well here to do with incompetence. Who would have thought? Uh, and I, I've tried to picture this as I read through this story this 
this morning. I would have loved uh, to have been on board at the time that this mishap happened to see old Grant Shapps' face. But uh, give us the lowdown in this story, please. I don't want to put too many spoilers out in advance. Well, before I do, I say hello, Vivian. Lovely to have you here. And great mm -hmm. that you're listening to TNT. Nice one. Thank you. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. this story is uh, extraordinary. I say that a lot with stories, but uh, this story this morning here in the UK, um, it, we, bearing in mind every other headline that we're seeing at the moment is imminent war with Russia, imminent war with Russia. You know, the inferring nuclear war with Russia, global conflict, the, the, the threat of conscription because we don't have enough armed forces in any of our of our military operations. Um, so this uh, really is a, a stinker of a story. Um, there was a test fire of a Trident missile in uh, in on the, off the east coast of America last month. Um, Trident is the kind of overarching term for all of our nuclear capability here in the UK. It covers missiles, warheads and submarines. And there was a test fire of a Trident missile last month and that test fire failed. It was the second time there was a test fire of a Trident missile, and it was the second time in, in, in the testing series that it had failed. The last one was 2016. So this one was launched off HMS Vanguard off the east coast of, uh, of America, USA, um, and the booster rockets failed. So this rocket, this missile, was supposed to have flown after its test launch thousands of miles before landing in the Atlantic Ocean between Brazil and West Africa. Instead, it went up and it plopped back down again. The booster rockets failed straight back down into the sea. Now, every time the tests on these missiles are very rare because every time they test a Trident missile, it costs 17 million pounds of our taxpayers' money just to test these missiles. Now, it didn't have real nuclear warheads on board. It had dummy nuclear warheads. But of course, we're hearing World War Three is imminent. World War Three is imminent. So a few weeks ago, January the 30th, they tested this missile and it spectacularly failed, just like the other one they tested in 2016, spectacularly failed. As you rightly say, the Defence Secretary Grant Shapps was on board, as was a the head of the Royal Navy. They all thought, oh, this is going to be great. We'll test our military capability. It went up. It went down to the cost of 17 million to the taxpayer and incredibly red faces to the British defence establishment. Now, the Royal uh, the MOD uh, has said yes. Uh, we admit there was an anomaly with the testing system. Um, if it was, it, they said, don't worry. If it did have real nucleus on board, it would have it would have worked. It's just because it was a test. That's why it failed. It's just because it was a test. It got the kind of signaling wrong. And then it, it trotted out the classic words, it's still safe and effective. I mean, could you not make that up? Um, but I do think it's significant that it's the second time in a row a Trident missile test has failed. In 2016, one was launched off a, a, a submarine, uh, HMS Vengeance, off the coast of Florida. That was supposed to um, fly out to Africa's west coast. This is a, a effectively a nuclear missile without the warhead. Uh, and instead, it went off towards America uh, and it was going to land on American soil. So red faces all around there, again, to the cost of tens of millions to the taxpayer. So we're on the brink of World War Three. We haven't got enough in the Army personnel. We haven't got enough Navy personnel. We haven't got enough personnel in the RAF. And it seems our, our missile system doesn't work either. However, if we are on the brink of World War Three, I would argue not having any nuclear missiles that work is probably a good thing. Nobody really wants to see them used, do they? No, they don't. I wouldn't be surprised to see a huge delivery of Trident missiles making its way to Ukraine because uh, Britain's very fond of giving away its uh, knackered stock uh, to other countries. Uh, even during the scandemic years, uh, a lot of AstraZeneca doses that were due to expire or imminently about to expire were all donated to Africa. So it's like, well, what are we going to do with these? They're going to be thrown in the bin. No, I know what we'll do. We'll send them to Africa. So don't be surprised to see some uh, somewhere receiving a uh, a donation of dodgy trend missiles from the UK stock that effectively could be unfit for purpose. And if you are going, if we do actually go into a war, it would give you some a little teensy weensy bit of reassurance to at least know that your missile defense system was capable. It didn't go up and down, you know, like a rocket on Guy Fox night. Uh, rather, it went somewhere and actually hit its target. And imagine being on the on the on the vessel at the time with the grand shops on board as they all sat maybe on an observation deck or they were watching it on a monitor to watch this literal damp squib 17 million pound damp squib go up and down and thankfully uh, nobody was killed here but you know uh, that's maybe why they don't test these things too frequently the last two have been duds that's 35 million quids worth of fireworks uh literally uh into the ocean so 
Big thanks to you for bringing that one to us this morning, Gemma, and I know you'll be on and off for the remainder of the day. We will talk again tomorrow, hopefully at the normal time of 9 a.m. on Open Line. And in the meantime, please stay tuned. Got an amazing guest coming up here, uh, David McBride from Australia, uh, one of my very first guests on TNT as well. I haven't spoken to him for a while, so I'm really looking to talking to him this morning. Stay tuned for more here on TNT. We'll be right back. TNT's Jason Olborn. Al Gore can't get a single thing right, and yet he gets another chance, for example, to uh, come out and tell us that if we don't do this, we're all going to be dead. And yet now we're learning that uh, in Ireland, for example, they're going to slaughter 200,000 cattle for the climate. I mean, aren't they doing it to us anyway, one way or another, whether we they pretend that we're heating up the world, we're all going to burn out, or if we starve, isn't it the same result that, they, that they're setting out to do? Well, this has got nothing to do with climate. It's got nothing to do with the environment. Uh, this is a new scam, and it's a case of follow the money. Al Gore has become a multi-billionaire from frightening, frightening people witless about a mythical climate change. And if you only looked into the past, you'd see that the variation that we're currently enjoying today is far less than previous variations. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk. TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Will Julian be extradited back to the USA? Live from London and covering Julian Assange's two-day public hearing at the UK High Court, this is today's News Talk, TNT. Okay, I'm super stoked uh, to be joined again this morning by uh, David McBride. Uh, just before we came on there, on air, I was reminiscing with him. He was one of the very first guests I ever had uh, on uh, Locked and Loaded way back in February of 2022. Uh, we first had a conversation uh, about a court case that was ongoing with him about uh, blowing the whistle on uh, business that the ADF had been committing in the Middle East. Uh, we had a really powerful conversation. We talked again for a, sec a third time about mental health and then haven't really been in contact with him uh, for a while now. He's had a lot on his plate, but thankfully the planets have aligned again this morning and he's back with us here today. David, really good to see you again. How's life? Good to see you, Rick. Yes, we have a bit of a connection. You were just on your radio show and I hadn't done many interviews and uh, I liked what you had to say about the world and your travels around Africa. Uh, you inst I instantly recognise you as uh, someone um, I'll get on with and I hopefully I'll meet you in the flesh one day. I want to believe that's going to happen because uh, shortly I'm going to be meeting some people that I have been speaking to on our, uh, some people that have been working with, obviously, I do all this remotely and uh, we're connected here remotely, but I want to believe uh, that things will happen and we will get to meet each other uh, face to face. That would be great uh, to be able to do that with you someday. Just for people that don't know who you are, this is the official definition of David William McBride and William is also uh, one of my names as well. Uh, you're in Australia, you're defined as uh, as an Australian whistleblower and former British Army major, Australian Army lawyer. Uh, you provided the ABC with documents that contained info about war crimes committed by Australian uh, soldiers in Afghanistan. That's the press blurb for you. I don't like that description of you, quite frankly. I don't like to look at you as a whistleblower. I like your own description of yourself on your website. Uh, you call yourself a son. Number one, you're a son. You're a father, a soldier, a lawyer, and a crusader. I don't include you. I don't look at you as a whistleblower. I look at you as a decent uh, human being who's trying to do what's right. Uh, how do you feel about that? Obviously, you know, you're labelled as something. Same as Julian Assange. He's labelled as a whistleblower. But he's a husband, you know. He's a father. Uh, he's a son to someone. He's a brother. You know, he's he, he's a man. He's a human being. He's not a whistleblower. Yeah, look, I agree. I never really liked that term. Um, and uh, I'll settle for a crusader. I'm just someone that did my job, and uh, it's turned out to be a relatively hard job to do, but it really is just a matter of doing my job. And Assange as well. I mean, um, 
he was he saw himself as a sort of journalist and um, someone who wanted to make the world a better place, and he had the ability to do that um, with his technical skills and to enable people to feed him information. And that's one of the things that people forget, and the administration, the US administration, don't want anyone to remember that he didn't manufacture any of this information. This information was given to him by and large by people like Chelsea Manning who worked for the US administration. Like someone, some senior US diplomat obviously gave um, uh, Assange or the WikiLeaks organisation cables people who were ashamed of what their own government was doing gave him stuff. He'd enabled the world to see it, but... It wasn't um, a one-man band. People like myself who did their jobs and said, actually, we are breaking the law. We are going against our own stated principles. That is very wrong. Um, you wouldn't uh, blame Assange if he uh, uncovered a ring of pedophile priests um, or you, he uncovered, well, in fact, a lot of things. He uncovered a lot of, like, shonky um, uh uh, tax avoidance schemes for super wealthy is the wrong word out of out of this world rich people who don't want to pay their fair share of tax like you and I wanted it. He uncovered things like that. Oh, well, with the help of other people, as I said, he enabled people to see the truth behind the world of mirrors that we live in. And um you can only be a hero in my eyes. And I, I want to thank, before I forget, I want to thank TNT because apparently they've had a bit of pressure about supporting them. But if we're a station that stands for the truth, and obviously we are, yeah. and we're uncensored, how could we not? How could we not support this guy? Yeah, and the, the the thing is as well, David. You know, you're 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 in Australia. You'll have seen the silence, the deafening, or heard the deafening silence, if you want to describe it at that, by the Scott Morrison administration, by Albanese when he first came into power uh, as the PM over there. Now it seems to be there's a little shift going on. Uh, there was a vote put there. I think 82 to 41 voted for uh, releasing Assange, bringing him back to Australia again. Uh, it's sad to see people, human beings, being used as political pawns here. It seems to be Assange's only relevant and being claimed in as, as an Australian when it suits the government. Uh, they were, they were uh, you know, disgustingly quiet in this issue over the last few years, whereas people like yourself, obviously, uh, have been demonised and vilified by the Australian government as well. And you're finding yourself in the position too, <clears throat> excuse me, you can identify with a lot of Assange's going through because you, you, you're facing... Uh, a, a long stretch in prison, uh, depending on how it goes for you. In March, I believe it is next month, uh, is going to be a key date for you, the way that February is a key date here for Assange. So it's there's a lot riding on what's happening for him and also a lot riding for what's happening with you. And you also simply highlighted what was going on, uh, highlighted atrocities, highlighted uh, malevolent acts. And as a result of it, it's you in the dock rather than uh, the people perpetrating the, 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 those crimes. Yeah, no, it's pretty ridiculous. Nothing um, which I said was false. You know, there was no question that the documents were uh, forgeries. Uh, nothing Julian Assange put forward or WikiLeaks put forward as a result of his skills was false. Uh, it's all true. Now, the idea that we don't look into the various different crimes that were uncovered, and we only say, oh, you've breached national security, is quite laughable. They should have to prove that he's breached national security, and they should have to prove that the damage to national security is far, far worse than what he revealed about the, um, the way the Western powers uh, were behaving on a large scale. Now, uh, they've never had to do that weighing exercise. And but, but as a, because the governments themselves are the ones who are implicated in the criminal acts, the idea that they get to choose and say, oh, no, he's breached national security and we're not even going to look at whether or not he's exposed crimes, the fact that they, a player with skin in the game, gets to make that decision in a just it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say the future of the world uh, hangs in a, uh, on a thread now. 
if Assange goes down and criminal governments are able to kill this guy, uh, even though all he ever did was expose their crimes, we are on a fast track to a dystopian world because that will happen to anyone else in the future. Um, if they would, if you expose government crime, you'll just be murdered by the state, and we will. It will get. It will be impossible. It's hard enough now. It will be impossible for anybody to expose government crime in the future, and that will just be a free for all. Government false yeah. information. We think COVID was bad. We'll be living in a world where every everything that comes out of the TV, everything that comes out of the radio, will be a false advertisement for the government. And anyone that yeah. says otherwise will die in jail. Uh, I don't it's think a, it's an exaggeration it's a, to say that that's, uh, that's a dystopian world. It surely is. And, and you know what? It's not the stuff of fantasy anymore. This is what we're actually heading towards at the minute. And I do believe uh, that whatever happens this week, whether it be good or bad, as far as Julian Assange goes, it's going to have knock-on effect for everybody out there. And it will ultimately filter down to everyone out there that's trying to tell the truth and go against any government narratives. We've got to take a real quick uh, headline break right now, David, just for 30 seconds. And when we come back at the other side, we want to look at a book that you've written as well, and just your own experiences of dealing with the stress of being in the position uh, to the degree that uh is in as well how you've handled it and maybe it'll help someone else out there that's going through tough times at the minute and maybe inspire them to keep on grinding it out so please stay tuned for more here on tnt with david mcbride and me rick bunn we'll be right back after these headlines tnt radio news big news yeah! matt boyland here with a look at your tnt headlines America's famed Dr. Phil has called out gender-affirming care, warning of the long-term impacts of pushing transgenderism on children. Former US President Donald Trump says America is turning into a communist country, and a study of almost 100 million people who received the COVID-19 vaccine has found the jab led to greater increases in heart, brain and blood disorders than originally thought. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Uh, we're back again uh, with David McBride. Uh, David, you have a book uh, that you uh, that you released and also you have a website. If you can just direct people towards it, uh, it's davidmcbride.com. .au, and also, if you don't already do so, follow him on Twitter or X at Murdoch, M-U-R-D-O-C-H, Cadell, C-A-D-E-L-L. Uh, you've got a book out called The Nature of Honor. And on your website, uh, there was a statement. There's a statement on your website that I was looking at it this morning, and it really hit me. It said, truth is a lonely uh, warrior. Okay, or truth is a lonely warrior or a lone warrior. And it's sad when people put their head above the parapet. Uh, sometimes you encourage other people to come alongside you, but in most cases, like I'm sure Assange is feeling extremely isolated and lonely right now, despite the fact that there's huge support for him on the ground, he's still the one languishing in Belmarsh Prison. He was the one languishing in the Ecuadorian embassy for the last 12 years. You've been under immense pressure for years. And yes, people like me can come on and say, I'm with you, David, and you can do TNT and you can do podcasts and people can pat you on the back. But at the bottom line is it's, a, it's you that's carrying the weight of this on your shoulders. So despite the fact that it's good that you have support, uh, this business about truth being a lonely warrior, uh, I think is a very powerful statement that you made. And I know uh, the last time we spoke, you'd got into boxing, or at least you'd started training boxing again. You got very fit and strong. And uh, anybody that's a boxing fan, I have a lot of ex-boxers on the show as well. I like I followed boxing a lot when I was younger. Uh, it seemed to be the loneliest sport in the world as well, <laughs> because when you go into that ring, there might be 50,000 people cheering for you. But the bottom line is, it's just you on your own. Uh, you have a corner and you've got ring men and a referee, but you're on your own. Uh, this business about uh, solitary warriors, crusaders, you know, at the bottom line, we, we if we're fortunate to have friends and family backing us, that's a blessing. But the reality, if it is, uh, truth is a lonely warrior. Where did that statement come from? Or Funny enough, it was, it was one of my supporters uh, who wrote it on a... Uh, she lives in a remote place in Tasmania, 
and we she did a banner for me and her father sent me a photo of it one day and I said that's that's fantastic and then we started printing it on t-shirts and it, the t-shirts have gone well in fact we can't keep the we can't keep the demand up it's an army green t-shirt and designed by someone who knows something about it and uh yeah it'll be um it'll be a sort of retro produced t-shirt in years to come I like it I'm not so lonely as some people but I mean in the sense we do mm. I do it does make a difference speaking to you uh mm -hmm. and other people and we're kind of all lonely warriors in the sense mm. that people like on TNT obviously a lot of people shun us a lot of people uh think I, I meet more and more heartbreaking stories of people who have lost their friend group who have lost their family who sort of believe the things that we believe and often it's just being skeptical or just being curious but that's enough and so we're all kind of lonely warriors together i like to see it and you've got to have a little bit this is one of my survival techniques you've got to have a little bit of a, a romance about your um the way you see yourself otherwise you're not going to make it so i like to see you and me where the seven samurai uh there might be slightly more it's still quite lonely but you're not completely alone. No. And in the same no. way, those characters, whether it's the Magnificent Seven or the Seven Samurai, they're together, but they're still kind of alone. They all have their own issues. They all sit on their own. They're not they're not kind of blokey and matey with each other. Our enemies are the blokey and matey ones, and usually it's it's disingenuous. Um, we're like a boxing team. It's a good analogy. I'm glad you bring it up. My closest friends from Oxford University were the boxing team. And uh, I still love seeing them. They still uh, still like hearing from them, even though I've got a lot of respect for the Irish. I, I once saw an Irish amateur boxer, and he was so much better than anything we'd seen. I mean, you, well, they start doing it when they're young, and he could really move. You know, he could really duck and weave. I can't, I can't duck and weave to save my life. Uh, my version of ducking and weaving is copying the copying the punch on the top of my head and then coming back. Uh, as hard as I can. But, yeah, no, I can't do that, that whole Irish thing where you move like water. But I love it. I can appreciate it. And um, you've obviously also got a lot of hard men as well who are, who who, who ne never take a backward step, which um, I probably inherited some of that. But, it's uh, yeah, it's great to, um, to talk about it. Yeah, it's a bit like a boxing team, as you said. When you get in the ring, and it was a revelation to me, at least half the people in the audience want to want to see you fall on your face or want to see you get your face smashed in. <laughs> and that's very confronting. And even your coach, no matter how good he is or, you know, my coach was a champion, but he can't help you once you're in the ring. And, in fact, yep. I knew I was I, I was in a fight. I was in a, a good chance with my fight when just before I got in the ring and everyone's like, dodge left, dodge right, don't go too hard at the beginning, you know, when you say shut up. You know, I'm going to have to fight my own fight, and it's too late now for me to try to remember uh, good pieces of advice. You do, and that's a bit like drawing it back to my case. Um, I'm not. It's great to have, um, you know, advice, and I'm not completely lonely. Um, and but at the end of the day, yeah, you have to trust your own instinct, and you have to bring out that mongrel. Um, one of my friends says, you, you'll survive, you've got mongrel in you, and I like it. It's kind of funny. And, um, uh, yeah, speaking of the book, it's quite interesting because I've got uh, convict heritage. I didn't get to go. and I've got Irish heritage. Uh, they were Irish convicts too. Uh -huh. <laughs> one of them forged a 10-pound note. He was uh, in Ireland. He must have been um, the educated one. But what, And uh, so I, um, I had a lot of... Uh, uh, I had a lot of fun researching it because they were obviously survivors, and they and and their life wasn't uh, wasn't great. But they weren't choir boys either, or choir girls. Well, one of my female a, Irish relatives, she stole a whole sheep rather than just a, a lamb chop. You know, um, she, I think she must have decided I'm going to get done just as much for a sheep, and so she took a whole sheep, which in those days was like 
stealing a, a house or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, you know what, David? Actually, McBride is a very, very popular surname where I live at the minute, which is in the northeast coast of Ireland. There's a ton of McBrides around here, so it must be an Irish name. And you talk about your convict heritage, and maybe that's one of the reasons I'm slightly drawn to you. Uh, whenever I did a lot of uh, uh, overseas work in Africa, a lot of it was actual prison ministry. So I loved going into uh, maximum security prisons and getting into the condemned blocks and talking to the guys that were on death row. So I don't know, uh, maybe that's one of the reasons uh, your uh, convict heritage, uh, I'm picking up on that and it's making me gravitate uh, somehow towards yourself. Listen, I'd love to talk to you for longer, man, uh, but I want to believe uh, we'll do it again sooner rather than later. You have a big date coming up in March. We don't have time to go into that right now because we've got to take a break, but we'll stay in touch and uh, coming closer to the time if you're fit and able to do another chat with me about that rather than the Assange business, looking at your own situation, I would love to have you back again. That's what good. say ye? Yes, yes or no? I say yes and, and talk about survival mechanisms. Talking to you, you filled up my cup. I'm ready to go now. Um, ready in the ring. So I'll need to speak to you again. Uh, Sweet. Well, soon. listen, anytime, anytime, even on or off. Thanks for being uh, with TNT and thanks to the listeners. Keep us to the lock and load. Yeah, God bless you, man. Uh, follow him on uh, Twitter at Murdoch Cadell and also check out his website, davidmcbride.com.au. Got to take a break now. And then Andre Molodkin will be back uh, to round off the show here live on TNT. So don't go away. Uh, more to come before the top of the hour. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I want you to consider this about the Trump verdict and the climate change agenda. In a nutshell, someone who had to jump through hoops to get financing. Think about what you have to do to just get financing for your house, who made astronomical amounts of money for those people that loaned him the money, created jobs, created actual entities that benefited society, has been found guilty of fraud by people who never created a thing in their lives. And so they try to bankrupt him. And the fact that this is okay with a large segment of the population, whether you love or hate Donald Trump, is a sign, unless this stops, the United States is finished. It's the Michael Mann verdict on steroids. Complete disregard for the facts. It stinks to high heaven, which I can't believe the people who are doing this believe in by their actions. What does this have to do with the climate change agenda? Should be a warning shot to anyone refusing to play ball. JP Morgan is waking up. They've pulled out a $63 trillion Climate 100 organization, which are a bunch of major financial entities that are all in for using climate to reshape the new world order. Well, I have news for JP Morgan. If others wake up and start leaving, you're going to find you're in the Hotel California finance with this. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. There are 16 million children struggling with hunger in America. That's one in five daughters, sons, neighbors, and classmates who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Yet billions of pounds of good food go to waste every year. It's time we do something about it. Feeding America is a nationwide network of food banks that helps provide meals to millions of kids and families in need. Visit feedingamerica.org to help them feed even more. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Free speech, free press, free Assange. Live from London and covering Julian Assange's two-day public hearing at the UK High Court. This is today's News Talk, TNT. Yes, TNT, today's news talk, locked and loaded and live here on Wednesday, the 21st of February, 2024. Huge week this week uh, for journalism and uh, for truth as Assange uh, extradition hearing uh, concludes probably today at the High Courts of London. I'm very happy to be joined here this morning live by Andre Molodkin. He is a leading contemporary artist in the field of political minimalism and an outspoken on issues around freedom of expression, uh, recently been in the public eye for high profile artworks responding to the Russian Ukraine invasion, the Qatari World Cup, and also Prince Harry's memoir. Uh, before we uh, dive into things, uh, Andre, just first and foremost, uh, welcome to TNT. We have a short video clip uh, that we're going to play right now for about a minute and a half that highlights uh, a protest that you've taken on board uh, called Dead Man Switch uh, that we actually covered here on TNT a few weeks ago to do with the uh, destruction of artwork and it being valued more highly in some people's eyes than human life. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to run the clip and then you and I are going to get into this uh, in great depth uh, when we come out at the other side. So uh, hit it, studio. Let's see this clip. <laughs> 
Okay, so for people uh, that aren't familiar with this story, I'm not going to lie, if you follow uh, executions that are carried out in American prisons, that looks very much like uh, the lethal injection or the gas chamber where people are actually put to death, but it's not uh, for executing people. And it explained us a little bit more, Andre. What's that uh, clip all about? What is that place or that chamber? And why are you calling it dead man's switch? So for the artist, uh, the freedom and the produced art is the same things. For us, we don't have a future without uh, freedom. So it's no meaning to produce anything without freedom of information, freedom of speech. So I'm really extremely for the all freedom because for me, it's very important. So this when switch, it's about very important part of the art history. Wait, we have a Picasso, Warhol, Rembrandt, and Sarah Lucas, and Santiago Sierra, Andre Serrano, all the biggest artists, historical and contemporary, who participate in this project and give the important part of their art to make the incredible part of art history. So this part of art history, which kind of closed in the high security safe with explosive element, which kind of developed by CIA to to dis, to 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 disappear all the paper in the embassy or anywhere. So this uh, very very important and exclusive part of art history staying in this safe with an explosive element which kind of connected directly with the life of Julian Assange. So every 24 hours, someone has to prove that he is alive, he is a good health and everything like this. If anything happened with him, the same as things happened with Navalny now in Russia, or he, he will be killed in prison or he will be die in prisons, in uh, 20 minutes, all this uh, big part of art history will be erased from our world forever. So this is it's a red line to explain that he's in the danger and the freedom of information, freedom of speech and freedom, it's in the big danger. We don't have a meaning if something happened with him to continue to be busy with the culture. So it's a really important uh, red line for our world and symbolically that we don't have any meaning to be busy with the culture. So this is, this will be example. And this example, it's the biggest taboo now, it's to destroy art, then destroy the human life. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very powerful. We I, I can remember covering this story a few weeks ago uh, on TNT. I, I didn't think that I would be talking to the person that was behind it, which is yourself uh, in connection with this Assange. So it's really good to be able to talk to you uh, just to pick your brains on this one a little bit more. So the headlines really read at the time, artists said he will destroy $45 million worth of Rembrandt, Picasso and Warhol masterpieces if Julian Assange dies in prison. And just a cursory glance at that, I think this is just the stunt uh, what's this really trying to achieve but it's very deep when you actually dig into what you're actually doing you know you're highlighting the fact that some people place more value on artwork that can effectively be replaced or there's more Picassos there's more Rembrandts there's more Warhol paintings out there but there's only one uh, of Julian Assange and if he dies and he's erased uh, there's no coming back from that one so it's a very powerful message and I think it's caused a lot of people to stop and reflect on what's really important in this world. So for me, it's also important uh, because it's true that we have many artwork and the life of symbolical human, which kind of it's such important now in when we have so many war, so many kill. And I would like to explain also one time that this is it's a contemporary portrait of Julian Assange and participations in this portrait, uh, many artists and many collectors take a part in it and actually it's a collaborating in this portrait, of course, it's a one of the most important, it's American government. So anything what will happen with destroying art or art will be shown in the museum, it's not in my hand and in not in the hand of uh, collectors or artists. So it's a decisions of the American government. So it's they will turn on the explosive materials inside this safe. So they are part of this project and very important part of this project. So this is, it's, uh, I did these things not to destroy art. I do these things to save the life of person. So it's first time I would like to show that art can be, have a functions, can save the life, can save the freedom. And the great, uh, maybe not great, but 
somehow partner of this project it of course american government so this uh, project it's finished i take out hand from this and desmonds which start to be functions and now it's in the hand of american government and in their decisions so really let's be honest about it it's they they hold the the the, the button for the dead man switch it might not be them that physically presses the button but it's ultimately their actions that was will result in this thing being triggered or not triggered because if assange is released today uh, or this week which would be a fantastic outcome uh, i think it's safe to say that we don't need this uh, piece of uh, you know artwork uh, destruction to be happening anymore because he'll be liberated he'll be freed but they every day that he's held in Belmarsh prison and he's been in there now for five years as I'm sure you know Andre and before that he spent seven years in the Ecuadorian embassy effectively under house arrest he's lost 12 years of his life under increasing pressure and although he hasn't died he's still alive he's dying dying a little bit more every day as a result of the pressure that's being put on him and his family for simply telling the truth and uh, that's a damning statement on the on the on the people that should know better and have the power to release him uh, what do you think about that yeah i think that you know that now as uh, this is a portrait it's a collective artwork and we understand that result of this portrait it will be all white ashes all the great or the great part of art history, which kind of feel exposed in the museum, which kind of curated under this death man switch. So that maybe that uh, what can do American government, they will just would like to show that their culture, it's just the white ashes. The same like uh, white ashes, it's in everywhere around the world now they can show. Uh, interestingly as well, when I was reading the background of this too, uh, when this was first proposed by you, uh, slowly uh, other people came on board with it and decided, art dealers decided to donate pieces for destruction. And of course, that's a financial hit that they're going to take, but it shows you also that people's principles do override money in some cases not all cases because people have actually donated it's not just your artwork that's going in there other art dealers have also come alight alongside you collectively so that uh destruction box or that safe that has the the mechanism triggered to it it's not just you is involved in this other people have came alongside and say well i want to be part of this too i can see what you're trying to achieve here so that must encourage you too that you're not just doing this alone no, it's not alone. It's really collective artwork. It's really collective, uh, collective portrait because it's so many people participate in it, and so many people put their vision, their souls on it. And of course, as I tell that one of the uh, persons or one of the organizations who participate, it's American government. Of course, it's uh, also kind of uh, author of this uh, portrait. It's very important one and very important border for the future. We have to understand in it. Mm. Uh, looking at um, looking at the case this week, I'm sure Andre, you'll have been uh, following what's been going on in London uh, yesterday and also obviously today. One of the things, uh, sadly, uh, that we found out yesterday was that uh, Julian Assange was so sick uh, and so incapable of uh, leaving Belmarsh Prison that he couldn't actually appear in court in person because of ill health because of progressively failing health and also he wasn't even fit to appear uh, by a zoom link like you and I are talking here today so it's not looking good for him in terms of his health at the moment and Stella Assange has said that if he is extradited which might happen as soon as this week that that will literally be the final nails in his coffin that it's almost a guarantee that he will actually die in uh, American custody or in an American uh, supermax prison and you know that will be a terrible terrible thing if that happens that they've tortured that man for so long and then finally uh, his life is extinguished in a US prison and of course he leaves behind a, a wife uh, and children and family and a lot of supporters as well it's not just that one person's effect that I think you know he's uh, very much a figurehead Andre at the minute but there's a lot of people will be affected very very negatively if this doesn't go well for him this week in London and I'm sure you'll be uh, very grieved uh, if he if he's uh, extradited to America yeah, I think that it's if if he will extradite in America, I'm sure that 
it's it's a, like the most tragic moment can happen because i know that in american prison it's a die people just dying people dying every time they inject them they died in prison they it's look like it's the biggest danger so i would like to for me it's very important so one political prisoner in russia just died a few days ago and then he's a great hero because he died under the regime we can't criticize any regime until in in west we do the same things with another people so it's like a mirror it's a mirror portrait one port one persons who died in the prison and uh, his uh, two children and wife don't have a husband and don't have a father and now stella and she also have a two children and maybe she will lost the husband and two children will be never back their father never see their father yeah. so we have to see this mirror so it's very very important to see this mirror we can't to do, do anything in the world until we not understand that one political prisoner dying and another political prisoner we keep here and he can die every time and his children will never see his father so we have to see this subject together and it's very important I like I like the fact that you brought it back to Gillian's uh, uh, wife Stella and also their children as well because when we're talking about this case, it's very much in the light of uh, freedom of expression, uh, journalistic freedom, what it might mean for our liberty if uh, Assange is extradited. But I think. Sadly, uh, it falls to the wayside, Andre, with many commentators that the man is actually, first and foremost, he's a human being, number one. Uh, he's a father, he's a husband, he's a son, he's a brother. And then after that, He's a journalist. It's a bit like you. If I was to just simply define you as an artist, uh, that would be uh, not a compliment uh, for me to call you. You're a human being, first and foremost. You're probably a friend, a brother, uh, you know, a, a, a loved one to many, many people. And then after that, you're an artist. And I think it's very important that we don't lose sight of the human element to what's going on here as well, rather than it just being about uh, political and press freedom uh, as well. So we're nearly up to time here. We've only got about around about a minute left. So uh, I just want to thank you very, very much, Andre, for coming on and also for the, 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 the contribution that you've made to raise awareness for this particular issue. Because as I said, we did cover this uh, several weeks ago in TNT uh, and it certainly generated a lot of uh, you know uh, coverage right across the world and shone a light on what's actually happening in London at the minute. So a big salute to you this morning uh, for the work that you're doing as well, for the part that you're playing in this effort. And it is a war effort. Uh, we're all in this one together and we hope, fingers crossed, that everything uh, will turn out well for Julian Assange in London this week. We've only got, uh, yeah, we're just about to go to time here. So I could talk to you for a lot longer, but unfortunately time is our enemy on here, not just the globalists. So, Big thanks to Andre Molotkin. Uh, let's stay in touch anyway, and uh, we can keep updated on what's going on with the Assange business. I'm Rick Munn, and i got to get off now. Uh, someone else is coming on live. Back to normal programming again tomorrow. Thanks to everyone for tuning in this morning on TNT. Stay tuned for the rest of the day. I'll be back again tomorrow. Rick Munn, over and out.